I mean, you know, you, there are some alternatives yeah. to being in church and introduce Reverend Joel. I'm going to give you this. <laughs> I just thought she put notes up there. I thought that was my, what I was supposed to preach today. Uh, I was, I was saying a lot, a lot of folks don't come to church on Sundays, you know, and, uh, but my Lord, if you, if you, if, if you could get what you get here anywhere else, I guess you do it, right? But, uh, there's no substitute for this place. And really, even though you can watch things online, I understand that you can, it is not the same. That's not just a threat that pastors put put out there to try to get you to come yeah. honest to God there's uh, you, you have to understand how things work with God yeah. it's not like watching uh, you can't watch Netflix the same way you watch a church service it, it's it's different God wants to do some things that can only happen where there's what we call proximity meaning meaning you have to be present and not just here but here with a certain heart, yeah. with a certain mindset, we say it this way, it doesn't just matter that you come, it matters how you come. Amen. And uh, so th this is a, a God-ordained place. And your participation in this place, uh, even if you're visiting, once you know it's not an accident that you're here, you're, it's just not some random thing. But uh, let God have the opportunity in your life to connect you here. Amen. If this is where he's brought you. Let God have that opportunity. And let him make that connection. Because it will do for you what can't happen any other way. I, I know today, you know, there's, there's always been, as, as long as I've been around, there's always been well-known preachers, you know. And, and most of us, we've been, as long as we've been around, television has been around. So it started out well, they were on television. Now you can just, not internet you know, streaming and stuff like that. And there's so many folk that they say, well, I, I watch so-and-so on TV and that's my church. Well, I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you if that's the, the case. And I know that's not who I'm talking to here in this room, but maybe there behind the camera. No, come on now. Uh, I feel sorry for you because when the situations of life come up, I can almost guarantee you that that well-known minister, and I'm not criticizing him, I'm a well-known minister. Just very few people know it. But it's, but it's true. That's <laughs> what I tell my wife when she asked me to do chores, like take out, try. I said, listen, I'm, an, I'm internationally known. Meaning, there's a few people outside this country who know who I am. But anyhow, tell her I shouldn't have to do such things. You know, but it doesn't work. My point, my point was there's things that when, when, the, when the situations of life come up, that well-known minister is not going to come. He's not going to be there when, uh, when you have a, a situation in your life. Even if they say they are, they're not. They're not. They can't. They can't go everywhere. They can't do everything. Not them themselves. Amen. And so there's so much confusion kind of uh, today that, well, we, we can just get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I know, listen, uh, you, your pastors recognize the value of bringing in other ministries yes. but, uh, and, and some great ones, truthfully. Uh, but you know whose voice ought to be the loudest in your life? You know, 
You know whose voice ought to be the strongest in your life? Your pastor's. And there are times, you, you, I guarantee this, I guarantee this. If, if that's the case with you, that your pastor's voice is the strongest spiritual voice in your life, that there will be times where you don't know what to do and you will hear her voice on the inside of you. God will bring up what she said as you've been present. So it's a precious connection, isn't it? Amen. And uh, as they mentioned, they've been so good to let me bring some books and things like that. But my books aren't as, aren't as important as what she preaches, what she ministers. But they are pretty good. So if I can tell you about a couple, uh, Pastor, I think, mentioned this one on Wednesday night. It's called They Shouldn't Have to Ask, Reflections on Race, Rights, and Equality. Very different for me, but this is, this is quite a book, I've got to tell you. Uh, there's only two books that God supernaturally directed me to write. Now, I should, I should qualify that. All of them he prompted me to write, meaning on the inside I knew that that was his direction. But there's only two that he, uh, well, really because I didn't want to write them, that he dealt with me very strongly about. One of them was a book on the ministry offices called The Office. And, and I said, nobody's going to want to read that. He said, you write that. And I've had people who have, have actually sent me cards sent me checks, different things, ministers saying, I located what, what I, where I'm supposed to be in ministry based on that book. That's out there. It's not up here, but it's out there if you're interested. So he dealt with me about that because I just didn't think anybody wanted it. And, uh, and anyhow, then he dealt with me about this. And when you remember a couple years ago when everything was going on with uh, George Floyd, um, you remember that situation. And, and all you have to do is hang around. We'll have another one. It'll come up again, just because those things come up, and, and it's, reg it's regrettable, isn't it? We hate it. Didn't like to see it then. But I had talked to the Lord. I said, I don't like seeing that, and I, and I hate that it happened. He said, but I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, you know, go making statements about it one way or the other. Uh, I said, and, and I just told the Lord this. I said, I'm not going to say anything unless you tell me to say something. Kind of trying to dismiss myself from the, you know, from the whole situation. And when I said that, the Lord spoke to me by his spirit. He said, go get your computer. And when I did, it like, just like in a matter, it seemed instant to me. He dictated this book to me when I did that. And it's, uh, it's precious, I think. And the reason for it is because people in the body of Christ, it's not that it's a huge subject in the Bible. As a matter of fact, the Bible doesn't even really recognize what we call race. It says of one blood... One blood. That's, that's how it started. And so there's really only, two, from, from God's standpoint, there's only two races. There's in Christ and not in Christ. <laughs> that from, I said from God's standpoint. Not, not, but the problem is people in the body of Christ aren't all looking from God's standpoint. And so folk get unsettled. And what this book provides is a landing spot where it will settle you when things go crazy, things go haywire. And the, the other thing that this will do, and this is where I had to be taught by the Lord, is I was very quick to dismiss myself because I got black friends, I got Latino friends, I get along with everybody. We got no problems, and so I just dismiss myself and say, well, there's no problem. But the Lord dealt with me, uh, helped me, that I need to, I need to put my faith uh, uh, along with, because he wants freedom and righteousness and equality for everybody. And there is such a thing as injustice, but I wasn't listening.
because I said I get along with everybody. Yeah. This just helped me. So I can, I can add my faith and add my voice to the right things. Praise the Lord. Amen. These are out there if you want them. Praise the Lord. You've got to pay for them. But I have, uh, we have, actually, I give away many, many of our books. But then everything that we have electronically are, C, are not CDs anymore. But all our teaching series, all our music, that's all on our website. And, and you can partake of that for free. Uh, now, I, I, it's not just a freebie. It's my seed into your life. So we sow it. And uh, God has brought increase to us as we've obeyed him in that area. Uh, I was talking about the local church earlier. This, this is a book called Assembled Together, The Power of the Local Church. Ooh, I've had this. Uh, I wrote this years ago, and God dealt with me a couple years ago to go back and just, just re-edit the entire thing. And uh, we did, and, and even added some things to it. So... Esther, do you have the new copy? No. Oh, can I bless you with that? Yes. Thank you. Don't let me hear about you paying for anything, okay? We bless, we bless the ministers. And then there's, there's uh, three books. Now, now, by the way, this is not an advertisement. I'm not, running a, I'm not running a business, okay? This is part of my ministry, if you can understand that. Uh, the, there are, there's something that this church in particular that I believe God would want to get into your life in a strong way to help. And it's not something that everybody's happy about or everybody likes, but it's the subject of prosperity. And, uh, oh boy, I mean, you say it and people are like, yeah, I know, but yeah, but, but, but can we just not go there? You, you can just not go there. Many people don't go there. But nothing changes when you don't go there. And, and God has some things for this congregation, some assignments to do that you just can't accomplish if you're broke. Or, or just living week to week, month to month, which is the same as just a little bit better than broke, if we could be honest about it. And so uh, there, are, there are two books that we have just released in 2021. That, uh, mm, can I make a statement to you? Let, let me say this first. Can I say this first? If you're visiting this church, don't judge this church based on me. Because I'm a guest here just for this weekend. Three services. Just this weekend. So, so do, you, do, you, do you get that? If you're visiting, come back. Because you will love, I, don't, I can't imagine how anybody wouldn't just love these pastors, they're amazing, amazing people. So, do we have an agree, an accord on that? Do we have an agreement that that you won't won't get upset because of what I say? You don't you don't have to like me. I can't see how you wouldn't, but you don't have to. So I'm going to make a statement that I can absolutely prove, and I took two books to do it, but it's a statement that would cause people to get up and leave most churches, and that and that's this. Uh, and it was, it's a statement that would get me kicked out and not invited back to most churches. Absolutely. Uh, this is the statement. It's God's will for every one of his children to be rich. Now, you may be thinking, are you one of those prosperity preachers? Is there anything else to preach? Uh, what do you, do you, uh, should we preach defeat? Should we preach? Huh? 
No, we preach the Word of God yes. and all of it. And so there are, uh, this, this book is called Rich, Biblical Proof for Prosperity. Yeah. Biblical Proof. Yeah, and people have opinions. That's not, a, not, opinions and feelings are not the same as proof from the Word of God. We believe what we believe, not because it's popular, not because people like it or don't like it. We believe what we believe because God has said it and blood was shed to pay for it. Yes? Yes? And so, rich, biblical proof. Do y'all have this one? Yes, I do. You do good. Okay. Biblical proof for prosperity. Y'all have this one? Yeah, good. You should. Um, and that has, I, there's 25 reasons that God gave me, 25 biblical proofs, and there's probably more than that. Those are just the ones that he gave me. Uh, those 25 reasons, 10 of them are in there. Now, you want to know about the other 15? You got, you got to get richer. More biblical proof for prosperity. Now, we only have, well, these two and another two out there because you all grabbed them already. I, I would say everybody in this church needs those. I don't, care if, I don't care where you are financially. That's irrelevant. I'm talking about the revelation. Because that's really where the riches are. It's in the revelation from the Word of God. And so uh, if, you, if they run out, which they probably will because there's only one left on the table out there, you can go ahead, prepay it, give them, your, uh, give them your mailing address. I'll pay the shipping, get it out to you. It'll go out tomorrow and be shipped to you. Fair? Yeah. But make sure somebody, who's in, whoever's in charge of that, make sure that we get those addresses because I don't want folk paying and we don't, we don't send it, right? Yeah. Now, you might say, yeah, but Brother Joel, there's so many verses in the Bible that warn us about coveting and warn us about other things. And you're absolutely yes. correct. Yeah. And we believe those verses too. And uh, so that's why we have this book, Prosperity Killers. <laughs> Which this helps you stay balanced. Because you cannot prosper if you're covetous, if you're stingy. If you have any, uh, any of the, there's 11 of these prosperity killers that you can even be a tither and not prosper. Because of mindsets. Ways of thinking, ways of believing, ways of acting. Now, so this is these three here are part of the prosperity package. Amen. Is it popular? Maybe not. Is it in the Bible? Absolutely. Absolutely. No question about it. And money back guarantee. You hear me? Money back guarantee. If you, if you read rich and richer and, and, and you say that, no, I, you didn't prove anything. Just get, I will give you your money back and you can keep the book to help level your couch. Put it underneath that leg that's shorter than the others and it'll help level that couch. Or you can put your drinks on it, whatever you want. But I'll give you your money back because we absolutely prove it. You, you cannot come with, any, with, with opinions. You cannot find scripture to disprove what God has laid out in his word and proven. And so by God's direction, we did that. And uh, I think that'll be a blessing to you. Praise the Lord. And there's more stuff out there. But anyhow, that's, uh, th that's there, and you're here. And can we share some things from God's Word live to you this morning? Thank you for coming back, those of you that did. I know not everybody did. And hey, um, <laughs> we're here. We're here. God's here. And uh, have you go again to the book of 1 John, if you would, please. 1 John.
we believe what we believe because God said it. That's, that is the bottom line. And if a person does not believe that the Bible is God speaking to us, if they don't believe that the Bible is the Word of God, regrettably, I can't help them. And sorry to say, the pastors here, as skilled as they are, they can't help them. And even sadder, God can't help them. If you want God's help, you have to believe that what he wrote in this book is his word to you. You have to believe that. And, not, and further than that, you can't just believe that the book is, is of God. You have to get it into your life. You have to get it in you. Amen. Which means what he said has to be received. Has to be accepted. James 1.21 says, put away filthiness. Put, put away wrong things and receive with meekness. Other translations say humility. Humbly receive or humbly accept the implanted word. And so what we're endeavoring to do with you today as God helps us is, is take his word and if you'll receive it, he'll plant it on the inside of you like a seed. And as you keep that and, and go back and review these things, that will come up and things that weren't previously in your life can become part of your life. That's how the things of God works. That's how the word of God works. Not everybody understands that. Not everybody believes that. And they think, well, you just preach what you want, throw a few scriptures out there to kind of try to support it. No, no, no. We're, we're, this is very strategic what we're doing here. Every service. They're, they're, things are being planted in you. And so that's why we go over some things more than once. As I think, I think somebody was just saying, I was out, out there kind of trying to stay in, in my zone. You know what I mean? And, uh, but I heard somebody talk about hearing things multiple times. That's, that's to make sure it gets planted. It doesn't get pulled up. Make sure the weeds get, get uh, weeded around it. You know, your grounds look beautiful around here. But, uh, you know, when weeds come up, they want to take over, can't they? And things can get, you can think wrong about certain things. And what's easy to do is to let circumstances that come up around you shape your thinking and influence you. And it's easy to just lay aside what God said because of what you're seeing. So over in uh, 1 John, chapter 5 is where we were yesterday. How many of you are believing with us? And I know you've had a lot of service already this morning, but can you, can you be hungry for this part of it? Right? <laughs> I mean, I heard some inspired stuff here already today, but... We're going, to, we're going to get what God has for us. And the fourth verse is what we began to read last night. And it says, for whatsoever, or really we'd say whoever, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You know that's different than a lot of Christians believe. A lot of Christians believe that the victory... Uh, because everybody wants victory over the things in the world, don't they? And for a lot of folk, victory just means relief. You're going through stuff, you're under the pressure of things, and you want to get out from under that pressure. Give me a little relief, give me a little help. And so their first thought is, well, uh, let me ask you, what do, what do most Christians think of if I, if I need help, if I need to get out of a situation, if I'm having difficulty, what do we do? Pray. Or better yet, get somebody else to pray. 
you know? Get somebody, even better than that, get as many people as we can get to pray. And so they'll start turning in prayer requests, and they'll start calling prayer lines and pray for me about this need and pray for me about this thing. I'm, a, I'm not a big fan of that. Not a big fan of that. Why? Because I like to get results in what I do. And, and by and large, you don't in those situations. I said, by and large, you don't. Are you, are you saying, Brother Joel, that the prayer lines don't accomplish anything? I'm saying they accomplish very little. Very little. I think they don't like me here, but I, I, what does it matter? What does it matter? Well, it's, 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 what does it matter? I like you, and if you knew me, you'd like me. You would, if you, if you knew me well. Happy birthday. You will. Praise the Lord. The victory that overcomes the world is not other people's prayers. And then folk think, well, if, maybe this is just God's will, and maybe we need God to do, some, to, do some, to do something, to do something about my situation. Yeah, God, do it. Pray that God will do it. God, we're asking you. Do it. We're asking you. We're asking, we'll get loud once, once if we have to get loud. God, do it. But the victory that overcomes the world is not God doing something. Is that what it says? If we can get God to do it. Huh? If we can get God to fix it. Or the problem is, maybe the devil has to get cast out of me. Maybe that's the problem. So, so we got to do warfare against it. Let's focus on the devil. And let's just, let's just work on getting devils cast out. We'll go to deliverance services. Huh? Because the victory that, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even getting devils cast out. Well, there's a truth there. We're not diminishing that, 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 that there is a truth there. But you know, just hearing the word can cast that out. Do you know that? Just, just sitting here and actually receiving the word of God can get rid of demonic activity. Huh? He doesn't like the anointing. He doesn't like the word of God. I'm talking about the devil, demons, evil spirits. They're real. They're real. But no, focusing on the enemy is not the victory that will come to the world. What's the victory? This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Your faith is your victory. I said your faith is your victory. And you've been ordained to victory. That's the good news. I, I'm so, I don't want to bore anybody. I don't. But it, that is the good news is that everyone that's born of God has been ordained to overcome the world. That, that you thought you were saved just so you get a ticket to heaven. If that was the case, he would have taken you the second you got saved. Why did he leave you here? You ever thought, you ever think about these things? Problem is we believe stuff and never think about it. <laughs> Never, never say, does this make an ounce of sense? You know what I mean? You know why he, leave, he leaves you here for a purpose? He leaves you here because he needs you here. 
because there's a work to be done. And he leaves you here so you learn to overcome. You are to overcome the world, the world system and the opposition that's in the world and the impossibilities that exist in the world. And the way you're going to do that, the only way you're going to do that is through your faith, your faith. Praise the Lord. Now, that might sound like it's not good news. Because he's like, oh, no, I've got to, they're always telling me, use my faith, whatever that means. Whatever that means, I've got to be using my faith again. There they go again. Use your faith. Use your faith. That's just like Jesus. Always asking, you know, the disciples, they fail. And instead of saying, guys, listen, at least you showed up. At least come here, sweet, sweet. Come here. At least you're here. At least, you know, we appreciate the fact that you hadn't left me. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus said, where's your faith? How long do I got to put up with, how long do I got to put up with your doubt and your unbelief? That's what Jesus said. I am so much sweeter. Than Jesus was to his disciples. I am, I am so much easier. Jesus was ridiculous. He he hadn't he was not woke. You know what I mean? He was. He just he just would he would expect people to get with the program, as we say, just get with the program. And he didn't know that in, that in uh, the 21st century, you've got to coddle people. You've got to say three nice things for every, for every correction. We, we, watched a, we, we watched a movie with our kids years ago. Oh, no, what's it called? What's it called? Um, 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 anyhow, Billy Crystal and Bette Midler starred in it. And uh, it was hilarious because their, their grandkids, of course, their, their kids, were raising culturally, uh, politically correct, culturally up-to-date kids. And so uh, the one girl put down or, or criticized the, the, her brother. The girl criticized her brother. Parental guidance is what it's called. Parental guidance. And it is PG. So it's clean. Pretty, pretty clean. Parental guidance. And anyhow, so she criticized her brother, and, and so the parents stopped her and said, oh, you, you, you put him down, so you owe him three put-ups. So she had to say three nice things to contradict. Let's just skip the service tonight, watch parental guys. No, I'm just kidding. But on your own time, right? Why did I say that? Oh, because that's, you know, that's how society is today. And, we, and I'm not saying we ought to be rough on people. Amen. But Jesus... Jesus expected people that were with him to get it. And so he would say, where's your faith? How is it? How is it that you have no faith? How is it that you're full of unbelief? And he expected them, the people that were with him, none of whom know as much as you know. Listen, the people that travel with Jesus, his 12, when they were with him, they, they're not even in your class. Hmm? Everybody here knows more 
than they did back then. And Jesus expected them where they were in their situation. He expected them to be able to really do, if I could say it, to be able to really to do everything that he did. You remember when he was in the boat sleeping? I mean, they just brought him and, and he, was, he was done. He had ministered to huge crowds and power was flowing out of him. And to say he was physically tired was an understatement. I mean, an understatement. And so they, they brought him and just laid him down in the, in the underneath part of the ship. And he's there, he's there sound asleep. The waves rocking him right to sleep. And things, a storm comes up, right? Right? Storm comes up. And uh, the boat starts taking on water. And things start sinking. And the, the, the disciples are freaking out, which would lets us know that it's a real bad storm because they were, most of them, professional fishermen. And so for a professional fisherman to freak out in a storm when that's their thing, that's like, that's like an, you know, you're on an airplane and the pilot gets on and starts screaming on the thing, <laughs> we're all going to die, I don't know what to do. I mean, that's real concerning. They train pilots to use their calm voice. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go down. <laughs> and so Jesus, get, they, they go up and they wake him and they say, we are perishing. We are going down, 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 down. Come on, they're going downtown, downtown. We're going down. Jesus gets up, rebukes the storm, and then just chews out his disciples, really, for waking him up. And he said, where's your faith? Meaning, why couldn't you have done what I just did? Why? And there's no reason why. So, uh, you know, there have been people in faith circles, and if you don't know it, this church, I think, kind of trends the faith direction, kind of a lot, maybe. Like, we, like we, we, we're hot on this faith thing, right? And um, so there have been people as what we call the faith message, as that was coming up, there have been people that have been unwise in their dealings. And, you know, somebody, somebody was sick and they died. And so at their funeral, they go around telling everybody, well, they didn't have enough faith or they'd still be here. How many of that's stupidity? That's wrong. Because actually, Galatians says faith works by, help me out here, faith works by love. And, and love doesn't make all your relatives feel bad. Come on, that, that's stupid. That's stupid. That's not love. And they'd, they'd say things like, well, why are you going to the doctor? If you had enough faith, if you had enough faith, you wouldn't need to go to the doctor. Actually, if you had enough faith, you'd know exactly what to do. Because faith comes how? By hearing from God. 
And if you've heard from God, then you have the faith and you know what to do because he told you what to do. So, which is why uh, back in 2020, uh, well, really, tw- maybe it was l- late 2019, um, God starts dealing with my wife. We did not have health insurance at the time. And what we do in ministry and stuff, there's been times where we just haven't had it. Sure. Times where we have. I like to have it, but we didn't have it. And I'm not looking to the doctors as my source. You understand that? Right. Um, <clears throat> praise the Lord. My shoe came untied. These are new chairs, aren't they? Let me sit down. I won't put my feet up on it. Anyhow, uh, can I talk while I do this? You know, that, that makes me who? Mr. Rogers. Because remember, he used to do that. But I don't want to be tripping over it, right? So anyhow, 2019, the, the Spirit of God. Now I came undone here too, but I, I'll get it. The Spirit of God starts dealing with my wife. Get, buy that, buy health insurance, go to the marketplace, which they have now and buy, uh, buy health insurance. And because he dealt with her strongly, she got good health insurance, you know, bought the good stuff. And then, then we got it. And as soon as she, as soon as we got it, he said, schedule physicals for everybody. Well, none of us were sick. We're all well and, uh, doing good. So she scheduled physicals for everybody. And so I went and got my physical. It had been a couple years and actually, I remember last, the last previous time that I did go, they had said something about my levels for uh, women. You don't have this, but guys, you have prostate a gland, a gland. And so they said something about my levels. I didn't really understand it, pay any attention. I, I just blew it off. So, so anyhow, uh, so they test, uh, you know, they, they say, man, you look good. You're in good, you're in good shape and uh, you're doing good. Need to lose a few pounds. <laughs> Jesus. Stretch out your hands toward me, because I still do, right? Pray for me, because I'm not going to eat less, so just pray for me. No, I'm just playing. No, I said, you know, of course, they're, they're, they're doing what they do, and then they say, well, we're going to go do your blood work. And then a couple, uh, a week or so later, uh, I was in the uh, mountain town in Colorado, and my phone rang, and I answered it, and they said, well, it's Dr. So-and-so's office. Hey, we got your lab results back, and your PSA, meaning your prostate level, pretty high. So, so we're going to, I said, ah, I remember they said something about that a couple years ago. So they said, we're going to schedule you with a urologist. I said, fine. And I did, again, I didn't think anything of it because I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't, I, and I knew, I knew we're not going to worry because that healing doesn't come by worrying. And I didn't know that it meant anything or didn't mean anything. So I had a, this was during COVID, so I had a video chat with uh, this urologist. And uh, I'd never been to one, well, maybe I had once before. But anyhow, he said, uh, hey, man, you got a rip-roaring PSA score. And I said, okay, what's that mean? He said, well, that's what we use to test for for prostate cancer. I said, oh. (laughs) And he said, but it's probably not. Uh, he was very positive, very, uh, you know, you appreciate guys that are yeah. on the positive side. He said, I said, it's probably not, but if it is, I said, I'll tell you what, you're in the right place because we, we know what to do about these things. So I, you, know, you have your biopsy, came back, I had pretty advanced prostate cancer. You, you said, you a preacher? Yeah. Yeah. In a human body like you have. 
living, living in the, redeemed from the curse, but still living in the earth and under the curse of the earth, right? And first thing I did when they said that, and I got the call, a friend of mine was with me when I got the call, I, I, we'd, already, we'd already settled that no matter what the doctor says, it's not going to change what the Bible says. And so the doctor uh, called and said, well, not so good news on, those, on that biopsy. It's, it's prostate cancer. And then we, then we found out it was quite advanced and all that at the, uh, when we went back to see him. So they're, they're, rec- so they're saying, well, what do you do? Well, they said well, the, the best shot we think we have is, is to say you can do nothing about it. Just wait and watch it. Or the best shot we have is surgery. Well, faith Christians don't like surgery. Faith Christians don't want to hear that. No knife shall ever touch my body in Jesus' name. They've been saying that and saying that. The only thing is, what what are we talking about? Faith, how does faith come? By hearing. Hearing Hearing from the doctor? You know what I didn't, you know what I didn't say to the doctor? I didn't say, no, I don't have that in Jesus' name. Hang up the phone. Come on. We used to do that. Faith people used to do that. They thought that faith was denial. Do you know what denial is? It's a river in Egypt. Faith is not denial. It's not denial. Faith, Romans 4 says that, that one of the characteristics of faith is it calls the things that are not as though they were, not that they call those things that are as though they're not. Oh, I don't have it. No, I don't have it in Jesus' name. No, I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. Well, I did. I said I did. And, and, and so what they, uh, what they wanted to do, or they, you know, of course they left it up to me. He said, get second opinions. I said, oh, I will. <laughs> not from the one you want me to. I will get a second, uh, I w- not, not a second opinion. Yours is the second opinion. I'll get God's opinion. Now I knew that the word teach, you know what the word teaches? That himself took my infirmities, bore my sicknesses, that with his wounds I was healed. I knew that the word pronounced me healed. But that, does, but that does not give me all the information I need to know to walk out this. Because I need to check. Remember I told you last night, we don't just need to know what the Word says. We need to know what God's saying right now about what the Word says. In other words, He'll tell you how to apply it, which scriptures to stand on. And if He says nothing, I just go with what the Word says. That's just what I've learned. If He if he says, if, if he deals with you in no particular way by his spirit, yeah. then we just go with what the word says. Yeah. Yeah. But in this case, I, I, I seemed to have a peace, and that's one of the main ways he's leading. I got with him, and I seemed to have the peace about going, going and letting them do that surgery yeah. on me. Yeah. Now, you say, well, couldn't you just use your faith and get rid of that? How does faith come? And if he's dealing with me by his spirit to have the surgery, then, then no, I can't have, I can't just, quote, use my faith and do that instead of what he's telling me to do. Are we helping anybody today? 
It so matters. It so yes. matters that we learn to seek God. So matters that we learn how to hear from Him. It yes. so matters that we're led and we take action in line with those leadings. That's how faith works every time. That's how you have victory after victory. As we read last night, one perpetual victory prayed. That's how that happens by actually hearing from God. Not just finding the scripture. That, that's the first step. Knowing that the word never changes. I went into this whole thing. From the time I got the phone call, even before that, I knew that we had the victory. I, I'm born of God. I overcome the word. I know there's a way out of this thing. And if the doctor says it's inoperable, then there's a way out. But I'll tell, you, I'll tell you where it all started. Get the insurance. We didn't have the extra laying in the account to do it. We had to, we had to take a step to get the insurance. But if we hadn't obeyed that leading, that took faith. That took faith. And then, if now I'll tell you this. If, you know why God dealt with my wife? It wasn't her problem. It was my problem. You know why he dealt with her? Because I wouldn't have listened. I wouldn't have listened. I would have said, and this is, this is my bad. And I'm, I'm learning. And you believe with me to learn. But I would have said, no, I don't feel, I, I feel fine. No, I'm healed in Jesus' name. But God dealt with her. Schedule physicals for everybody. I'm like, we don't need this. Who has time to take out of my, I don't have time to take out of my day to go sit in a doctor's office to have him tell me I'm fine. Man, we can be that way. Can't we be that way? I can be that way. Or maybe it's just me. You got to be sensitive to God. You got to be open to God. You got to listen to him and actually follow through what he says. That's why he dealt with my wife, not me. Because she, she would be quicker to obey that than I would. And that's, that doesn't speak well of me, but I'm growing and I'm learning. Amen. But anyhow, we, you know, now, now we're seeking God. And anyhow, I went through and had that surgery. And I'll tell you, the peace of God was on us through that whole thing. And, and what I had was a six-week recovery period afterwards. So I had to take six weeks out of my life. But it, it was all during 2020 when everything was shut down anyhow. And you know what I said? You, you know what I said? I said, okay, the devil's going to try to put that on me. You know what we're going to do? We're going to write rich and richer. We're going to... I had six weeks. I, I, I may never have had that kind of time to write these two books. Amen. Now, I'm not saying God put that on me. As a matter of fact, I sought God as to why, why if I'm a redeemed person, why am I dealing with this? Because do you understand, folks, there are different reasons why things can come upon people. Do you know that it's possible, and the Bible talks about reasons why sickness would come. The one reason that the Bible actually mentions why people get sick and die prematurely is being out of their place in the body of Christ, not rightly relating to those God's put over them. And that would include the pastor, the local church, and, and uh, then not understanding what 
what Christ accomplished for us yeah. in redemption. Those are all reasons why. Other, and, and then related really to that, under that umbrella would be uh, you, you being in sin, uh, and especially the sin of not being, not being or doing what you're supposed to be right. being yeah. or doing. Yeah. And that can open the door, or as Ephesians 4.27 says, it can give place to the devil, and sickness can come upon you. So I got with God right away. And I said, now, Lord, they're saying this about me. About my, that's, this is the diagnosis, the medical diagnosis. I know what you say in your word. I said, can you, I, I'm asking you, and, and, I, and I was very, you know, very tender before the Lord. I said, did I miss it somewhere? Did I open the door? If you know Dr. Ed Dufresne's story, um, he had cancer. And, and he, he said, Lord, I know you don't, you don't miss it and you don't put this on people. What's the cause? And the Lord dealt with him. Two causes. Yeah. Number one, you didn't obey me in the prophet's ministry. Yeah. And then number two, you never learned to rest. Right. If you've ever learned that testimony, it's, it's an amazing thing. And he yeah. repented and the Lord said, that'll be gone in 30 days out of your life. And it was gone in 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. So just following that great example, yes, yes, I got before the Lord and I said, uh, can, can, can you share with me a, a cause? And, and now this, this will also mess up faith people. Because he said, no, no cause, this is hereditary. Meaning it was physical, genetic. We don't believe in genetics in Jesus' name. Well, <laughs> my dad had it. And he left that as a gift to me that he didn't realize he left to me. It came upon me, passed down genetically. But the issue is, we got it out of me. That's the, that's the end of the story. We got it out of me. And uh, the doctors say, I mean, we had miraculous things happen. Miraculous things happen. When, when they were, uh, they have to, and I won't go into, you know, detail that I don't even really know the detail but the doctor came out and told my wife he said when I, I they, they try to separate nerves and and then reattach nerves that doesn't sound like an easy job but he said when I went to do it they just peeled away wow. just peeled away and and, re, and was able to re-separate them and then they then they told me they said you know you have to wear a, a cat now a robot did it you know, the, the, the doctor's over like in a booth like he's playing a video game. The robot did it. And so they did this surgery and they said, uh, you're going to have from anywhere from two weeks to six months of what they call incontinence, meaning you can't control your, your, your urine. And like just like a, a baby would or a young, you'd have to wear a diaper, that type of thing. And I did not have one day, not, not one day and I went because you're going back for follow-ups and I went back to see the doctor and he asked about it I said no the second you took that, that, that thing out an hour later I went and used the bathroom and he just he just shook his head he said I never will figure out how all this stuff works I said why didn't you tell me that before you agreed to open me up and do I never will figure out how all this works because I've never seen that never seen that amen and just totally, and just totally fine. And you know, you, you get a checkup every six months, and they say, no, it's, there's no trace of anything. Yeah. 
Now, you might say, well, why didn't you just use your faith? I did use my faith, but faith works in conjunction with God. It's not something that you say, okay, thank you for faith, now I'll just use it. Huh? No, you want victory over the world? How many know a tumor in your prostate, that's, that's in the world. In heaven... There ain't no tumor. There probably ain't no prostate. I don't know. But you're not dealing with that there. That's that's part of this flesh and blood body here connected to the earth. That's that's now. You need victory over things. Now, interesting, too, I have, and I had it before this all happened, I actually have a, a special anointing to minister to people with cancer. Now, I learned something last night because I thought it only worked through the laying on of hands. That's not true. It worked. That, God was dealing with me after I got home last night that that, it's, that anointing can work even through the books. And so uh, I, I, I talked to God about it. And uh, I said, you know, I mean, I, what about this anointing I have? And, I'm gonna, and they're telling me to do a surgery. He said, put your hand on yourself, which, I, you know, down here I did. And it was like a bolt of lightning went up into my body and just stayed there. Just stayed there. I could, I could feel it. It's like, it was almost like a physical, it was like, felt like a physical substance inserted into me and stayed there. When they did that surgery and they pulled that thing out, they, they said, that cancer was about to fly through your body. They said, and something kept it from breaking out of that one gland and, going, and, and traveling. But it was right there. It was right there. And the doctor said, and I believe that's what that anointing did. It held it there. Praise the Lord. And the doctor said, if you had waited another year or two or whatever, or maybe even less than that, he said, you wouldn't have a happy story. You might say, well, aren't you lucky? No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, well, what, what a coincidence that you just found it at the right time. It was God. And it was faith. Now, could my faith have been at the level where I could have just cursed it and it just disappeared? Well, let's just say my faith probably wasn't at that level. Because how's faith come? And so maybe I hadn't heard enough for my faith to be at that place. But how many know we ought to be happy about living and then living free and following God? And that is victory. And I like to help the body of Christ with with things like this because we all have concepts of what victory looks like. You know, like I didn't I never got dirty and I won and they want no battle. And they want no struggle. And they, they have the idea that, well, we just, we just say it once and we move on and we're, and we're done. And it, come on. Huh? I had oozings, uh, <laughs> oozing cuts for a while. Come on now, that's, that's dirty. Faith is dirty work. Faith is dirty work sometimes. Amen. Does that mean you always have to have the surgery? No, 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 no. 
bless you if you get to, I didn't ever want to have one. I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. And you know another thing? I've got enough to, for the plan of God to be believing him for. To, to, I'm so glad that I don't have to full time take every ounce of my faith and put it on something that's still trying to grow on the inside of me. Because you, 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 you have, faith is a limited commodity. You, you don't have an unlimited amount all the time. Amen. And so anyhow, praise the Lord. Didn't mean maybe to take so long to do that. How, how are we doing anyhow? Uh, the point is, God's ordained us to be overcomers. And that can often look different than people think. But victory is victory. You ever heard of a war that was won? And, and nobody, uh, nobody had to take a shower afterwards. Nobody got dirty. No, no. A lot of times there were some casualties, but but victory means you won. Did did the uh, did the Allied forces win in World War II? Yeah. They, you're wondering. It's like I don't know. That was a long time ago. The Allied forces won in World War. II. Hitler and his regime fell. Was it a painless battle? Shouldn't have been as costly as it was. Should not have been. But you know what? And, and, and people were praying, praying, praying. Well, that has its place. But people were not skillful at that time in actually hearing from God. Praise the Lord. And so we are, we are destined to be overcomers. We're ordained to overcome. Go to John chapter 1, if you would. Can I just read some other verses to you? Oh, you know, I, I, it, I so wish, it'd be great if you could force people to receive these things be great if you could force the truth into them. Could, wouldn't it be great? I have, I have a friend who was, uh, well, a couple friends. One of them was a, a football player. I mean, actually tried out for the, was brought into the Dallas Cowboys to try out. But college, he was a really standout wide receiver, but shorter. So, you know, wasn't going to translate to the pros. But anyhow, him and then my other friend was a quarterback. And they're both great preachers today. Well, the, the, one, the one quarterback, uh, those, these guys knew each other. They both grew up uh, in upstate New York, western New York, where I actually pastored for a bunch of years. And so uh, the, the one quarterback beat up the wide receiver to get him born again. You know, they're, they're, they're teenagers. They're teenagers. And so they're football players. And that's, that's, that's how they know to, do, to get their point across. <laughs> They fight to get him born again. Well, then the wide receiver later beat up the quarterback to get him filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you, you know his name, Jim Hockaday. He, yeah, he, he was the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so uh, I wish you could just get truth into people. You, you guys could wrestle them. Uh, could, have, you ever, have you ever wrestled revelation into somebody? 
You can try, but really it'd be, it'd be better if they would just receive it, right? But if we had to beat people up, hey, John chapter one, verse four says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Verse five says, and the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Um, if you got, do you have the, like the amplified of that to put up? The amplified of that fifth verse, just the fifth verse. And the light shines on in the darkness for the darkness, look at this, has never overpowered it. Other translations says the darkness cannot overcome the light. What's that mean? If you're walking in the light, you overcome. You overcome. Now, we, we, we've been talking so far about overcoming things that come against us, huh? that come upon us, difficulties. But there's another, there's another aspect of this I want to introduce to you as I'm about close to finishing up here today because you've been sitting for a while and we have a service tonight at what time? Is it seven o'clock tonight? And, and we're all going to come back and, and we'll, we'll get into this more tonight. But there's another aspect to overcoming besides just the things that come to oppose you. You want to know what it is? Do you really? How many would rather me just stop right this second? Oh, you're being polite. No, there's another aspect. Obeying the assignments God puts in your life. Because God is, oh, there's this thing about him. Is that he never asks you to do what you can do. Now, we don't preach that all the time. People will say, well, God will ask everybody to do only what they can do. You've got to introduce me to that God because the one I know always puts, you know, he'll say, go through the door. And you're like, where's the door? I'm looking for a door. And, and people teach, well, you know, just got to find the open door. I, I've never... God's never dealt with me to go through a door yet, but we had to kick it down once we found it. Okay, where's the door and why is it locked? Well, that still is actually opposition because how many know that when, when God wants somebody to do something, the enemy isn't just going to put on a cheerleader uniform and say, go, 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 right? Go, go, get him, get him. And when you, come on, he's, the devil doesn't cheer you on, huh? He tries to take you out. He tries to take you out. And so, but there's, that's the, the other thing is opposition to what God has for you. You have to overcome. You have to overcome. And, and scripture actually shows us some of these things. Can I have you go to, uh, to the book of Revelation, second chapter. And I am not going to keep you too much longer. I promise you that. Revelation chapter two, right? He who is born of God overcomes, overcomes. We come over. We come over. We come over. 
Now, Revelation 2 and 3, uh, both of these chapters are um, real important, actually, and quite neglected. And the reason I say that is these are letters that Jesus dictated to local churches. And so really, Revelation chapter 2 and 3 in particular should have the same weight that Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, Romans, the other letters, and, and we've been taught, I know you've been taught real well here, that we've been taught that for the believer in the New Testament, those New Testament letters are what's been actually written to us, although all of Scripture is for us, you understand? But the parts that are to us are what are to shape our beliefs, to shape our doctrine. And then as we look at the other parts of Scripture, uh, the Gospels, the Old Testament, book of Re the rest of Revelation, we're to look at the rest of Scripture through our understanding of what's been revealed in these New Testament letters. And, and you could sum up what's in the letters in two words, in Christ. That, that's what's revealed. It's who you are as a new creation in Christ. Well, these letters that Jesus dictated, they're also to the church. They're to us. And uh, a lot of times we don't see that. So what did Jesus say to us? What does he have to say to us? And I'm not going to read everything, but the first church he wrote to was the church at Ephesus. So this is really an extension of the letter to the Ephesians, or, or this is Ephesians 2. Second Ephesians. Second Ephesians, right? And uh, he, Jesus said some things said some good things to him, said some things that were not complimentary, uh, gave him one put down and three put ups. Come on now. I guess that's, I guess maybe that's what we should do. When he was on earth, he was a little impatient, but now he's, now he's giving him some put ups because he's not there personally. Right. And, uh, verse seven says he that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. What, what is, okay, what are you saying, Spirit? What are you saying to the churches? Look, what's it say? To him that overcomes. To him that overcomes. I'll give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now, don't just, don't just take this as some future promise. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be in our scripture for now if there wasn't an application for now. To he that overcomes, you get to partake of the substance of God that flows from heaven. The tree of life. Come on, the tree of life. The life of God. The substance of God. You get to partake of that which flows in the midst of the paradise of God. To him that overcomes. What do you have to overcome to do that? You got you to overcome the world. You got to overcome your flesh. I'll I, I tell you what. You have to overcome. Uh, because partaking of the life of substance of God. Partaking of the flow of heaven. That can sometimes look. Like well that's interesting. You know like. When God comes on you. It's like electricity coming on you. When God comes on you, sometimes people dance and run and shout. You have to overcome the thoughts of, that's crazy. That's, that's, you have to overcome. You have to overcome. 
But for those who will overcome, they get to partake of what others in the body of Christ don't get to partake of. There's reason to overcome, isn't there? There's, reason, there's good reason to overcome. Well, what about the church? What about the next one? Verse 8, to the angel at the church of Smyrna. Not Smyrna, Tennessee. There's a Smyrna, Tennessee. Did you know that? No. No, not talking about that. This is the one over across the, the lake. <laughs> and he talks to them. I like verse, uh, I like it's where it says, These things says the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know your works and your tribulation, meaning they've gone through some difficulty, and your poverty. They're going through, they were going through a time of financial difficulty. But what's he say? But thou art, but you are. I'm just, I didn't write it. I just accidentally read it. Didn't even plan to. I know you're going through difficult times, but what you really need to know is that you are rich. And uh, he goes on, he goes on and says some things and. Uh, he says, be in verse 11, he says, I'm sorry, verse 10, he says, be faithful unto death and I'll give you a crown of life. He that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Didn't we just read that? Said the same thing. If you have an ear to hear, listen to what the spirit is saying to the churches. Okay, what are you saying, Holy Spirit? He that overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. The second death is eternity in hell. And if you're born again, you've actually already overcome the, heart, the biggest thing you could ever overcome. Your, your faith your faith got you saved. Did you know that? Well, God's grace, for by grace, it had to be, God's grace had to be there. We understand that. For by grace, are you saved? Help me out. What does it say? For by grace, are you saved through faith? Your faith translated you from spiritual death to eternal spiritual life delivered from what scripture calls the second death eternity in hell if you've overcome that tell me what you can't overcome well I'm two months behind on my mortgage I'm sorry that you are but I'm telling you you can overcome you can overcome. God has a supply for you, and you can make it. Yes, you can. How are you going to do it? How are you going? To? This is the victory. This is the victory. Your faith. Your faith. Your faith. Hear from God. Find out what His plan is. Find out what His Word says. You can overcome. That's what the Spirit was saying to the churches. Now, those are two churches. He spoke to seven. 
The next one is in verse 12. He says, unto the angel of the church in Pergamos, write. And then he said a bunch of things. And then down in verse 17, he said, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to the churches? I'm listening. I have an ear. What's he saying to the church? To him who overcomes, I'll give him to eat of hidden manna. What? Hidden manna? Hidden manna? I thought they only had manna back in the book of Exodus. What? Manna is provision from heaven. Manna is provision from heaven. And there is hidden stuff. Listen to me. Listen to me. Not hidden from you. Hidden for you. And if you'll overcome, you can get stuff that you just like, where did that come from? And just, 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 just as an example, I'll give him a white stone. What you got here on your finger? You got, you got any diamonds? That's a white stone. What you got on your finger there? You got, you got a white, you got, you got any stones? You got, yeah, you got a, you got a white stone. I'll give you a white stone. And in the stone, a new name written, which no man knows, saying, saying he that receives it. There's stuff that's hidden for you. For the overcomer. For the overcomer. I don't know, what do you think about the church at Thyatira? You know, aren't you glad your mom didn't name you Thyatira? Huh? Verse 26, verse 26 says, but that which you already have, that which you have already, hold fast till I come. And he that, say it with me, come on now. He that overcomes and keeps my works till the end, to him will I give power. And it's the Greek word authority. I'll give authority over nations. Now, some of this is for future eras. You understand? Meaning, literally, you're not ruling over nations now unless you've been raised up by God to do that. But you still have authority to reach nations. Amen. Amen. I mean, come on now. What about the, what about the next one? To the angel of the church in Sardis. What do we know about them? Hmm? Verse 5. He that overcomes, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. That was fine clothes back then. That was fine clothes. Huh? You don't care about clothes. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know. uh, we just wear whatever. Well, you don't need to be vain. You don't need to be vain. But you can dress... Listen, Jesus said that not even Solomon in all of his glory was clothed like the grass and the flowers of the field. So you know what I say? 
You don't have to say this. I say this. Just like the flowers, all dressed up so fair, I have a supply of the best clothes to wear. Now, if you don't have that revelation, just do what you do you, baby. You do you. What church were we on? <laughs> oh, and not only, not only you clothed in white raiment, you will not blot out his name out of the book of life. He that overcomes. He that overcomes. He that overcomes. He that overcomes. And then, then this, now they're putting it at the end. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. What's the Spirit saying to the churches? You've been destined to overcome. You've been born to overcome. Victory is not an option. It's expected. It's expected of you. It's required of you. What about the angel of the church in Philadelphia? Come on, let's talk about the, that church in Philadelphia, huh? Verse 12. He that overcomes, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God? And you will no more go out. You ain't ever going to leave the presence and glory of God. Overcomer, overcomer, overcomer. He that has an ear to hear. Anybody, anybody hearing this this morning? Anybody seeing the emphasis of God to the churches? Come on now. And then to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. You've heard about this one because you know, you know verse 16. Because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Because you're saying, oh, I'm, so, I'm rich. I'm increased with goods. I don't have need of anything. And they forgot God. To one, to one church, let me just digress for a second. To one church, he said, y'all need to get rid of your stuff and find out who I am. Remember your first love. To one church, he said that. To the other one said, it don't look like you have anything. But I'm, I'm going to tell you. You're rich. You need to know you are rich. Amen. Both are true. What's that mean for us? What's that mean for us? We can have everything God's ordained for us, but none of it is to have a place anywhere close to him. Not even close. Not even close. No house, no car, no boat. No, nothing. Which means if God deals with you to give away or get rid of anything. <laughs> he dealt with it. We are selling our home right now. Preparing to. I thought, I mean, this place is like, it had everything my wife wanted. Now he's dealing, dealing with us to. You know how long it took us to decide to do it? Like that, the second we heard it was him. Fine, fine. Wasn't like in this place anyhow. <laughs> Wasn't liking the sweeping mountain views. I mean, you know, that gets old after a while, staring at snow-capped peaks. <laughs> Doesn't get old, by the way. No, the second he said, do it. Okay, we're there, we're there, we're there. And it better sell because of all the money we're spending getting it ready to sell. Did, did we get through? The, oh, that was, that was the, no, Church of Laodicea, remember? Remember? 
Verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and I'll sup with him and he with me. Look at it. To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me. What? I'm sorry. What? Excuse me. Is this a misprint? Should this really be in the Bible? Does this really say what it looks like this says? What? You can't trust these computers. They add. They add. Did he? Did he really say? Surely he meant I'll grant that he'll sit near me. Huh? I'll let him sit. I'll let him sit in the room. Did Jesus just invite us to say, scooch, scooch, and I'll make, make room because I'm sitting with him in his throat. What? 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 Come on. Yeah. What? Overcomer. Overcome. What you get to do is an overcomer. And if you knew it, you're actually already there. <laughs> you're actually already there. He that has an ear to hear. Hear what the Spirit's saying, church. You've been ordained to overcome. God's got stuff waiting for us that in our wildest dreams we couldn't fathom. That's what he has for us. That's for victory after victory after victory overcoming the world. Why? We're going to be ruling nations. We're going to be, we sit with him in his throne. I've done the best I can do today, is all I know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's so good to see you. Love you sir. Doing a great job. Who do I turn it over to? Him? Her? <laughs> Who? Him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Y'all, uh, y'all free tonight? Yes, sir. There's more of this. You might, you might not think there's more. There's more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we're going to just flat do some overcoming tonight. We're just going to overcome tonight. Bless you.